Limerick Today now on 46 1995. And we're joined now by Michael Gearan, who's a good friend of the Limerick Today show. He's addiction counsellor at Coonvura Addiction Centre in Brewery and Eunan McKinney of Alcohol Action Ireland. And uh, you're both welcome. Good morning to you and thanks very much for uh, joining us. Um, Michael, I suppose in ways it isn't a massive surprise that um, alcohol sales have gone up in the midst of uh, the COVID-19 crisis. It's not surprising at all that alcohol sales have gone up um, substantially during the course of the the COVID crisis. I suppose the bit we don't know categorically as to whether these alcohol sales have gone up because pubs are closed. And that that consumption that was going on in pubs has simply transferred to off licences, or whether it is the case that consumption in general has gone up. And a lot of the suggestions that we have been getting from individuals who have engaged with us over the past um, week or two would suggest that there is a concern out there that amongst some members of society, um, consumption has raised a good deal. And I suppose given the stressful and unprecedented times that we are in, You know, we are concerned about that because from the point of view of alcohol and abuse independence, um, stresses of all kinds are predisposed. Fred, you're sounding a bit like you're at the bottom of a bucket there, Um, Michael. I don't know if you can shift slightly or something for me. Yeah, sorry about that, Joe. Um, Stress is a factor that predisposes people to developing problems. Um, So we would be concerned about that to some degree. Yeah, and Union from Alcohol Action Ireland, what's your overall assessment of what's happening here? Morning, Joe. Um, yeah, I think there's a situation that, I, just to echo what Michael is saying, there is certainly evidence, the data in relation to alcohol sales from the people who monitor these things, people like Nielsen and Cantor, certainly would demonstrate that there was a, a, a spike over the sort of the middle of March, late March, um, of around 20 somewhere between 25 and 30% increase in sales, alcohol sales in the off-license uh, arena, you know, what we call the off-trade. <clears throat> I actually think that that is probably somewhat displacing the behaviour from pubs. Um, I think that overall we probably will see that there probably isn't necessarily a significant increase in alcohol consumption, you know, per head or population. But I think what we are seeing is that in certain communities, in certain places, that there is definitely a spike in, in home consumption on alcohol. And that is undoubtedly going to be a problem. Um, you know, we we would be saying to people that there's clearly, and you introduced this particularly well, I felt, is that, you know, we're all frightened. We're all, you know anxious and stressed about the difficulties that we're all facing around COVID-19. None of us have faced these difficulties before. And there's no doubt that some people will be inclined to drink more heavily than perhaps they would normally do. And, you know, what people need to be reminded about that is that alcohol is a depressant. It is fundamentally a depressant. And this will lead to greater, correspondingly, it will lead to a much greater risk of heightened anxiety, greater levels of depression, and, you know, high levels of irritability as we, you know, try to manage to live in our own homes with with everybody at this particular time of stress, you know. Yes. And that's a particular concern to us because in our normal everyday work and advocacy around these issues, you know, we, we talk to people about the 200,000 children who are living at home uh, with parents who have a, you know, parental alcohol 
you know, misuse. Um, and, you know, those kids in particular are particularly un- vulnerable at this point in time because they don't have the normal outlets of social interaction with their ki- with their friends or school. And, you know, we're particularly concerned about those kids today and adolescents who are sharing homes with people who are drinking too much. Yeah, we're chatting to Eunan McKinney of Alcohol Action Ireland and Michael Gearan, who is an addiction counsellor at Coonvira in Brewery. And Michael, the thing is, I mean, there will be listeners this morning who will not in any way consider themselves abusers of alcohol, but who do drink. And maybe forming the question in their minds, you know, is it such a terrible thing to have an extra drink or two when I'm trying to get away for a couple of hours from this terrible reality that we've been suddenly plunged into? Well, I suppose, Joe, that is the innate danger in all this, in that somebody would use alcohol to self-medicate the stress that we are currently feeling as a nation. Um, And it is worth remembering that I suppose everybody who takes a drink has the potential to develop an alcohol problem at some stage if certain conditions aligned at the one time. And by that, I mean if you increase consumption at a time of stress. And I mean, the conditions are ideal at the moment for people to transition from being responsible drinkers into problematic drinkers. I'm not saying that's going to happen in every case, nor am I saying that people should stop drinking, but people should be very aware if their consumption is exceeding to a great degree what they would have normally taken in terms of a responsible drink before all this kicked in. Another big factor in this too is loneliness, I believe. And there's a lot of people who live alone um, who would have had a good social network around them prior to physically distancing, that that is now all lost. And again, loneliness would be another stressor or another thing that might make people consider drinking more. Yeah. Mary Ellen has been in touch with us on 461995 and it's an interesting take on this union and an understandable one in ways. Uh, Joe, you're talking about off-licenses, for example, this morning. Well, I mean, if you can't buy alcohol at the off-license, then you can buy it at the supermarket. But I do think that alcohol should be cut out completely during COVID-19. People are getting €350 a week and they have nothing else to spend it on. People are saying they have nothing left to do but drink. But there is a lot more to do. People could do up their homes, their garden, etc. But of course, part of the problem is that it's very difficult to even buy a tin of paint um, Mm. at the moment, says uh, Mary Ellen. Uh, But, you know, there is an argument perhaps around making a decision on even an individual basis. I will not consume alcohol at all while this is going on. Yeah, I think that is probably, there's certainly wisdom in that. Um, I think that some of the comments from your listeners earlier uh, when you introduced the item, when you were talking about the off-licenses, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily pick on the off-license holders. I mean, many of these businesses are responsible people. You know, they run responsible businesses. We we as a society allow them to sell alcohol with a licensed system. So I think it's unfair to say that we should be closing necessarily closing off licenses and leaving supermarkets open. I think that would be just, a, you know, the, the logic of that doesn't really particularly stand up. But what I do support is one of the comments that you, one of your listeners made earlier, which is that we should move to restrict, potentially move to restrict the levels of alcohol that have been sold. And we've seen this, this been done in other jurisdictions, like in New Zealand and Australia and in South Africa, where, you know, people have realised that 
you know, the, the level of alcohol that's been brought into homes now is, is excessive and that, that that will have a series of, of consequences, not just for the individual drinker, but the harm to others, as I said earlier. So the idea that you would restrict some of the sales levels and, and perhaps restrict the availability of alcohol at this particular time might be a wise way to go about this, you know. Yeah. The other thing, uh, Michael uh, Gearan, is, uh, and I think um, this listener sums it up, who's been just in touch with us on 461995, and, and I, I'm getting this sense from listeners a bit over the last couple of shows, and um, saying, Joe, I had been handling the situation quite well up until the weekend just gone. I'm an essential worker, and I've been working, so I have been kept occupied by that. But the extra day at home over the weekend, the situation really did start to get to me. I realised how burnt out I was, but also I realised just how difficult it must be for those who are at home every day of the week. I'm getting to the point where I really need to see my friends and the news that it may not be possible until a vaccine is found is very hard to take. And certainly the messaging over uh, the bank holiday weekend, and, and I'm not going on my way to be critical here um, because it's a really difficult balance to get right. But it did seem to have that sort of impact on people, Michael. It did, but I, I do believe, Joe, that the messaging was um, put across in such a way in advance of the bank holiday weekend and during it, I suppose, to get the population to take the physical distancing and they're not going out and breaking the rules seriously. But I have to say I did feel myself that the messaging that was coming out um, towards the end of last week and over the weekend was quite foreboding. But it's worth remembering that like, this is going to go on for a long time and a lot of the issues that we're talking about here this morning that might predispose people to drink more will last far longer than the 5th of May in that all these social gatherings and everything else will be closed down and we, we will be looking at that, I would imagine, for most of the year. You know, So this is people need to... Um, Think about the amount they're drinking and, and tailor it accordingly and not be reliant on alcohol as an escape from the stress that they are feeling at the moment because this will go on for quite some time, I think. Yeah. The other thing is uh, Owen has WhatsApped us, um, Eunan, just to say, Joe, you, you mm. mentioned this yourself, and he says, I noticed the increase in traffic too this morning around Limerick when I was out on my 7am morning cycle all within my two-kilometre range of home, uh, he points out. I just have a sense that something shifted over the weekend and not necessarily for the better when it comes to uh, dealing with um, um, the the physical distancing and the other things that we still absolutely need to do. Mm. Well, I think you're right. I think that... You know, these are very challenging positions that people are faced with. You know, we, we we certainly will in the future regard our freedom and regard our liberty with a much, much greater regard. Um, and I think that perhaps over the weekend there was the idea that we're going to face into this for another three weeks and perhaps beyond is beginning to irk people, no doubt about that. But I suppose, again, a bit like everything in, in, in life, we have to see it for the greater good and we have to ensure that we behave in a manner that is responsible and doesn't cause us to, you know, fall back into a situation where we're making the problem worse rather than better. Um, and, you know, to go back to where we were talking about that level of acting as responsible people, you know, the idea that if people are going to be drinking to the level that we're talking about, their judgment will be impaired, perhaps, you know. So we we need to be mindful that people 
if they can just stay within what are the low-risk drinking guidelines that are available to us all from the HSC. You know, the HSC has done an excellent job in keeping us informed of the various elements of it. They've advice on their Ask About Alcohol website, uh, which indicates what the low-risk drinking guidelines are. And I think people should maybe just have a look at those, remind themselves of what is a low-risk approach to alcohol, and certainly maybe continues to have a drink if they wish, but to do so within a reasonable fashion and to do it within a low-risk drinking guidelines, which says that for men, you know, they should be drinking no more than 17 standard drinks. Women, no more than 11 standard drinks. We should be taking two or three days alcohol-free consumption during the week. You know, all these sort of guidelines. And these are available for people. They're simple, they're clear. Yeah. And if people were to follow yeah. those, then we can and know, of course, at least keep a lid on this. You know, no, of course, that would apply to non-addicts. I mean, purely addicts shouldn't drink at all. Um, oh, indeed. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, again, one of the problems we always face in any of these discussions is, you know, obviously Michael is coming at it from the point of view of doesn't do an excellent work with people who are dependent on alcohol. But in, in actual fact, one of the major issues we have in Ireland in relation to alcohol isn't necessarily the level of dependency, but the level of people who are drinking harmfully. You know, 55% of people who drink in Ireland do so in a harmful way. That is the huge elephant in our but, room here. But what, what's interesting, though, to both of you, and I might ask Michael to respond first to this, is you know, Kev has been in touch and says, ah, listen to the three of you. You'd swear the population were all drunk in their armchairs all over the country. There will always be abusers of alcohol. And then there's the rest of us who like the odd drink to relax. Keep this bloody pontificating for people who need it, says a very <laughs> angry Kev this morning. What would you say, Michael, to that? Um, I'd say Kev is a little bit out of touch. There are the human three distinct cohorts of population. Uh, oh, you just say uh, you're just. Can you just? Sh- sorry, I just struggling to hear you a little bit again there now. Yeah, there, there are uh, a significant population that are not alcohol dependent, but abuse alcohol habitually, and they are at as great danger in most occasions um, than the people who are alcohol dependent in terms of harmful events that can be alcohol related. So we do as a nation drink too much. Um, and binge drinking has become a big part of our culture, and that's not necessarily to do with alcohol dependence at all. So Cliff's comment about our pontification and that people simply take a drink in Ireland is quite far from the truth because we do drink to very harmful levels outside of all of our dependent population. Right. Eunan? Yeah, no, that's exactly the point I'm making. And, and like, you know, every weekend in normal circumstances, a third of the admissions into our emergency department are because of people who have just drank at that little bit too much, you know, or have been binge drinking and have caused harm to themselves. So the idea that we're pontificating, we're not pontificating, we're just simply saying to people, just step back for a second, think about the consumption of alcohol and think about it as as an outcome in relation to your mental health, which is what we have done with Mental Health Ireland, is to try and remind people that alcohol is a depressant. It isn't going to help your you know, your anxieties and your emotions and your fear in relation to what we're all trying to deal with. Well, the three of us are definitely not going to win any popularity contest, though, lads. Um, uh, Timmy has been in touch uh, saying, we drink when we're happy, we drink when we're sad. You can be damn sure we'll drink when the world has gone mad. Um, yeah. And another uh, WhatsApper says, of course alcohol sales have gone up. The pubs are closed, Joe. Do you not get it? 
People like to go out for a drink. We have enough restrictions and as adults it should be up to us and we don't want more places closing down and job losses. Times are hard enough. And then, and then beautifully, which is such a limerick thing, at the end of that um, WhatsApp uh, pouring abuse uh, on us, it says, take care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think, I think that's a fair point, though. You know, I mean, we are mindful that these are businesses, that people have jobs, that people have to continue to make a living and everything else in that respect. It's just about trying to ensure that people don't turn to alcohol. You know, turn to alcohol in a way, in a temporary way, that becomes a permanent problem. And that's... That's um, the thing we want to remind people about. And a practical question um, uh, on WhatsApp. Uh, could you just ask Michael Gearin, is brewery house full? A friend of mine is waiting a good few weeks to get in there and is finding it extremely difficult at the moment. Yes, so brewery house is full at the moment and operating, um, but obviously our capacity is slightly reduced because of the distancing implications. But oh, yes. we are very still much in operation with, with long waiting lists. Thought, which we are trying to walk through. See, there you go. There's something around physical distancing that I wouldn't have thought of and it just shows the impact that it is having in every corner of Limerick uh, and every aspect of Irish life. Well, listen, thank you both, gentlemen. Uh, may not have been the most popular message that uh, has ever been delivered here on Limerick today, but that doesn't mean it wasn't important and worth discussing this morning. Uh, Michael Gearan, Addiction Counsellor at Coonvera in Brewery and Eunan McKinney of Alcohol Action Ireland uh, uh, appreciate your time. Call Limerick today now on 461995.